hilarious. Uh, but, but I had something today to, that I wanted to talk about. You know, um, how many have, have had things, and this is consistent in our life, there's a, there's a tendency that, that we have things that we experience. You know, there's something about, this is what I don't like about dogs. How many like dogs? I know we have some dog lovers. <laughs> and I'm going to share a little bit uh, because we got to go be with, with uh, Larry. You know, uh, I, I'll just share a little bit about Larry. Uh, he, he has a passion that God has put inside of him, I believe. And, it, and it's for uh, things in the outdoors. And, it, and uh, we got to experience it a little bit this week, and I'll share about it. But, um, uh, and part of that is, is dogs. He's, he's really into dogs, and he, he put, I don't know if you've seen his truck. He's, he calls himself the dog father. You know, like godfather? Anyway, he's, he's, he's the dog father. And so we got to see him doing his dog fathering a little bit uh, this week. And, and, um, but but there's, there's things in our, in our life that we uh, uh, experience. And with the dog, the thing that, that I don't like about those dogs is they just don't live very long. You know? You can get... Especially the big hunting dogs, right? What do they last? Maybe, you know, 12 years or 13 years. And I mean, you're good. I had, I, my first dog was a, was a black lab. And I mean, I, I taught him as best I could. You know, I, I'm not a dog father, but you know, I, I taught him hand signals and all that kind of stuff. You know, man, he would sit. I taught him to sit. I could go beyond, you know, he, he wasn't even seeing me anymore. And and he would sit there until I told him he could go, you know. Uh, oh, yeah, he would play dead. You know, I'd go bang, and he'd lay down dead, you know, until I told him he's a live dog and those kinds. Of, you know, it's just, they're, so, they're so precious, but then they just, they perish. <laughs> they, they don't last that long. And, and uh, there's a lot of things that are like, I mean, it's like we, you get a brand new car, and, you know, 10 years later, you know, you have to take it over to uh, CarMax or whatever, you know, and, because <laughs> what happens, we get used to things perishing and, and degrading to the point that they're not worth it anymore to do anything with. Yeah. And so there's this attitude that we can get uh, associated with that there's things in our life that are like that. Relationships can be that way. How, how many have had those? You know, a lot like, or you've had, you've experienced rejection in a relationship and so you give up on even the concept of it, yeah. you know? It's because you think, well, that doesn't work, you know, or, or you start going to the wrong place for it because it didn't work where you thought you should have got, you know, these kinds of things. And, and so there's this, this concept of letting things go and just be, be demolished, okay? So we experienced something this week. That hopefully this will relate. Uh, so Larry, in his dog fathering, um, uh, acquired a... And if he were here, he could just, you know how Larry can tell things so wonderfully and all that. So, so he acquired this quail lease up, man, it's five hours away. It's on the other side of, an hour on the other side of Sweetwater, you know. And, uh, and he acquired this quail lease, and we got to go up there for, for a few days this week, my sons and I. And uh, got to shoot some animals and go out there with the dogs. Those dogs are amazing. One dog will go to point. They'll, they'll find something, and all the other dogs will honor that immediately wherever they're at. They will, they will point from wherever they're at at the other dog. It, they're just amazing dogs. They're really cool. Um, but you don't really appreciate that until you're out there trying to do what they're trying to help you to do, you know, kill a bird. 
a tiny little bird. <laughs> it's just like that poor thing. <laughs> anyway, uh, but, but he acquired this, and it's on a great big ranch. It's a big cattle ranch, and uh, it had this little house on it. And this little house was one of those things that it was on the end of its acceptable life period. It was a dog at 12 years old. It was it's like, you're not gonna do anything else with it. And Larry said, let me have that house. I said, you can have that house for a year for no rent at all. And Larry is a different kind of individual. You know, uh, it takes somebody from the outside, whoever lived there before was ready to get out of there and burn it up or demo it or, you know what I mean? Uh, but, but you take somebody from an outside perspective and you can come in with the right resources and you restore something that was gonna be burnt and you turn it into something that's kind of fun, you know? And it takes on the personality of the restorer. But it has to be submitted to the will of the restorer. Does this make sense? Yeah. And um, so I've got, you want to look at some pictures? I'm just going to share a little. Can I share we a little bit? We are going somewhere. So we're, we're going somewhere with this. But, We've got lots of scripture. But you know, some people are picture, how many are picture people? Okay. All right. Well, I got some pictures for you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. You can do the full screen. Yeah. So this is the house on the prairie. I found out uh, this is actually 25, about 2,500 feet elevation. I didn't realize that. That's why it got so cold. We got there. <laughs> it was freezing cold there this, the first morning. It's about the elevation of where I grew up in eastern Colorado. But see, uh, and that's in a better condition than it was originally. I tried to get the original pictures, but I'm just trying to share this, okay? He said, you, you, you wouldn't even inhabit this place because it was just so, you know, downtrodden on the inside especially. In fact, while we were there, we got to hear skunks running around on the ductwork underneath the house yeah. at night. Yeah. So, so, yeah, that was a plus. All right. Okay. Okay. So this, what I want to kind of impart here is restoration isn't just a moment either. It's, a, it's an ongoing process. In fact, I was talking to Larry during this time and he said, I said, so what's the next thing? He said, well, there's always another thing. I'm always, I'm always doing something else. Why? Because that's what a restorer does. He doesn't just stop. He doesn't just say you're done. Isn't that cool? That's because he's a visionary. He's always has. He's a visionary. Vision. Yeah, and and, and of better. course, if you can keep going along with me, but we're relating this to God, right? Oh, okay, man. so all right. So this this is this is the beginnings of the kitchen. Now you can see it's not all that bad. You know, there's a floor there and whatnot. But wait till you see what a restorer does to a place. Okay, so this is some more of it going. It's starting to do a little bit of here and there, but and see. And the restorer starts to add his own personality to things. See those little antlers up on the light and the, and the antelope there? And now, this was when we were there. This is a countertop from some kind of, see that wood on that thing? And everything, I don't know if you can see the detail. We'll show you some more here. That's the old, that's in the process, okay? That's old in the process, and this is what we saw. Is that, and it's, it, what's really cool is it's really manly too. It's like ready for cafeteria, you know. Uh, and, and that piece of wood, it was off of some kind of, kind of commercial uh, table that he had. 
it, and, and they were wanting like thousands and thousands of dollars for this, but they couldn't get it out of it because it was too big, so he got to demo it. So he cut it and, and utilized it for this, but, but taking pieces of things that were gonna be left somewhere else, that's what this building actually is. It's, it's a restoration. <laughs> it's a restoration not just of this building, but other things. Uh, let's look here. So this is the other, that's from the inside. Now you saw that wall that had cabinets on it? Now it has a map of the whole ranch over there hanging on the wall. Isn't that cool? So you can go see where you're gonna go, kill birds and stuff. Isn't that neat? All right. Are you having as fun? Okay. Are you having as much fun as I'm having? Okay. All right. This is the this is the old fireplace before. Okay. This is now. Takes an old boat thing, you know, and now if you look above there, there's a bobcat sitting up on top of the thing there. Yeah. There's a boat. All right, I'll go through it quickly. Okay, there's the bobcat perusing everything. All right, there's the before. There's the now. Got a bee's nest and a bird's nest and a quail all up there. All right, and there's, there's the deadly weapons. I don't know if they did anything, but they're deadly weapons. Um, and all these little birds up on the walls and stuff. How do you like the fan? See, a restorer doesn't just say, I'm going to take it back to the way it was. We're going to take it to where we want it to go. This is definitely not a female place. All right. <laughs> Woo. There's, there's a hat rack with a pheasant <laughs> running away from it. All right. Isn't that cool? I just thought, I, I, I just wanted to share my life here with y'all. And then, and then these, what kind of? What kind of beef was that? Oh, man, I'm messing so up big time. This fancy beef. And, and, and we're driving past them, you know, when we're going through there. Anyway, um, yeah, it's that Japanese stuff. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm getting close. Okay, and this, this is cool. You have to have a telephone pole coming from the... Uh, isn't that neat? Okay. So what, what a restorer does is he comes in and he sees something that's going to be gone and he doesn't just take it back to the way it was. He takes it and he, and he puts his own reflection on it. You know it was him that was doing it. Amen? Mm -hmm. And so this is, and he, and he brings joy to the heart of the person that he's bringing the restoration to. So there's many things in our life and I, and I believe in each one of our lives if we'll humble ourselves, there's an area of letting go of something that, that was there, but we feel like it, it's beyond reparation. You know? There's a dream. There's a hope. There's something that we had, a relationship of some kind. We've lost somebody, you know, and there's a hole there. And uh, God wants to make a difference in our lives. And there's a, there's a, a passage out of Jeremiah. God has a response and he is a restorer. He doesn't just show up to say it's okay. He's not just a comforter. He's a restorer. He's going to take what is there that looks like it's nothing. And he's going to, what's cool about this is you don't see an instant thing. It's a process. It's something he's going to take you through. But he's going to take you to something as long as you're listening to him. As long as you're submitting to him. Yeah. Amen. So Jeremiah, how many are familiar with Jeremiah? Man, he went through some challenges. He's having to prophesy doom and despair and agony on me. And, and he's not getting a lot of fans along the way. And in fact, in fact, he's got a lot of threats coming against him, right? 
And he has this passage out of here and he talks about this. And he says, when I discovered your words, and this is where we need to be. But, but, but we'll see kind of what happens with this. Because it's not about just being religious. It's about him. Right. It's about letting him be right. our restorer. Right. Not just looking to get the restoration, yes. but to get the restorer. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. So when I discovered your words, I devoured them. They are my joy and my heart's delight. For I bear your name, O Lord God of heaven's armies. Man, he's passionate about this. I never joined the people in their merry feasts. I sat alone because your hand was on me. I was filled with indignation at their sins. I'm very religious. When does my suffering continue? Why is my wound so incurable? He said, I'm very much aware of a need for restoration, right? Your help seems as uncertain as seasonal brook, like a spring that has gone dry. This is how the Lord responds. Don't you like it? We can go to God. We can be honest. We can actually be pouring out our hearts saying, God, I, I think I'm doing everything right. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That was Jeremiah, I think it was 18, wasn't it? 15. Oh, 15. 15, 6. 15, 16 through 20. Yeah. This is how the Lord responds if you return to me. He said, but I'm doing all this other stuff. He says, no, if you return to me, right? I will restore you. And, and here's part of the key too. It's not just all the stuff you need restored. I will restore you. And this is what God wants to do. He, he will care for those things in our life that mean so much to us. But he, what he really wants to do is restore us. Mm -hmm. Restore our soul so that our purpose can be accomplished. Amen? Yeah. So you can continue to serve me. Here's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to come steal, kill, and destroy and make you feel like there's parts of your life that are worthless, that there is no use doing anything with. Right. And God says, no, I've come to restore you yeah. so everything about you can be of service. Yes. What did Jesus say? He said, it, it, the greatest in the kingdom is who? The servant, right? Yeah, the least, but the one who is servant yes. of all. Said, I, I didn't even come to be served. I came to serve. So what would be what would be our greatest fulfillment in life is not to have all the stuff, right. but to be enabled to serve. And God knows that, and He knows unless we're restored in some of the parts of our life, we won't be able yeah. to serve. It keeps us from it. So it's kind of cool though, because your your motive gets transformed mm -hmm. from just getting the stuff yeah. and getting the fix and getting the deliverance and no, I'm getting delivered to serve. Yes. Amen? Yes. He says, so I'm going I'm I'm to get rid of that stuff for you so that you can serve me. If you speak good words rather than worthless ones, you will be my spokesman. You must influence them. Do not let them influence you. God wants to get us on the side of the influencer, right? Mm -hmm. And he does that through restoration. Isn't this great? Good. So I believe everybody here is in need of restoration in your life, Amen. but it's with purpose. Yes. Amen. 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 We're not looking at the restoration alone. We're looking at the purpose beyond it. Yes. Amen. All right. <laughs> they will fight against you like an attacking yes. army, but I will make you as secure as a fortified wall of bronze. They will not conquer you for I am with you to protect and rescue you. I, the Lord have spoken. Don't you like it when God says something? Mm -hmm. Might want to be, you know, 
Uh, might want to listen, right? All right. <laughs> I just am reminded of the story of um, Lot's wife. Y'all know that story, right? When they were leaving and God told them to not look back and she did anyway. She looked back and then she turned into a pillar of salt. Y'all know that whole story. And there's a lot, I've studied it out, and there's a lot of really significant things about that story. But I'm just thinking about, about, you know, transformation in our life. We have to have a forward look. We cannot be looking backwards all the time and trying to figure, like I said earlier, trying to figure everything out. Why, why didn't this happen? Why didn't it, why is that happening? Why, the big whys. I mean, that's what got Eve into this whole big mess, <laughs> is trying to figure things out. And I, I really think it's important for us, to, and I just want to make this point, that we are looking forward. We're not looking backward. We're not always, uh, even even to good things. Some of us have had some really amazing, great things happen in our past, in our life. And the enemy will keep us in a place where we can't even experience transformation in our lives because we're holding on to things that happened in the past. Maybe... You know, so there was some amazing things that God did in your life, and you're thinking, oh, I'm never going to do that again. Well, God wants to restore all things in your life. He yeah. wants to put you in a place, like he said, of purpose. But we have to see, we have to have a forward look right now. We can't be looking back at what was. Let's look at what is now. I mean, we're in a new year right now. Have you asked God what it is that he wants you to focus on for this year? Have you asked him for a word for yourself? I mean, we'll have a word here, but you need to have a personal word for your year this, this next coming year, something that you're running towards. You have to have vision. That's partly what motivates Larry. I love, you know, what he has done even in this building. I don't know if you all know that this is Larry's building, and parts of this building is partly from the demolition of different things. Um, we have, um, the, I think, the Bank of America doors over there, and some of our insulation in here is, is from the uh, library, from the UT library to help with the sound. So, and, and when God spoke to us and told us to name this church New Life, he said, I'm taking the pieces of the old and the pieces of the new, and I'm bringing it together, and I'm breathing new life into this place. And that's what God wants to do in your life. He wants to take the old and the new, and he wants to bring it together because not all the old is bad. There's some good stuff in your past that you've learned, and you don't need to go over those mountains anymore. Amen? Amen? I want to take what I've learned. I've gone through some stuff. I bear some scars from being in the ministry and being in the church, don't we all? We all, if you've been in the church, you've experienced some things. But those scars have helped me be a better person and helped me have more compassion for people and have provoked me to want to be a better person to help others. And that is what has enabled me with where I am now. And so I want to take the old and the new and bring it into today and say, God, what else do you have? What else do you want to bring into my life to help me be a better person and to fulfill my purpose and my calling? That's where transformation comes. When we return to him, the word of God talks about it. Can I go to that scripture really quick? I'm not going to ask. I'm going to do it. <laughs> Um, let me go to, uh, let's see, where was it? Isaiah 30, that one I was telling you about. 30, I think it's 15. I don't think we have it up there. For thus saith the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning to me, in returning to me and resting in me, you will be saved. In quietness and trusting confidence shall be your strength. And it says, but you would not. So there is quietness and confidence and strength to be found when we return to him. But it goes on to say, you would not. You said, no, 
We will speed our own course, our own horses, basically saying, I'll do it my way. I'm going to do it my way. Therefore, you will speed in flight from your enemies, and you'll say, we'll ride on swift steeds, and they'll pursue you and be swift. So what this is saying is if you'll return to God and do it his way, in confidence and, and quietness, there'll be a strength that'll come that'll enable you to have that transformation in your life. But if there's resistance to his way, if there's a disobedience to his way, then you basically have opened a door. You know you can open the door to the enemy by disobeying God, and Buddy talked about it in, in our offering time. You can disobey God's voice and open a huge wide open door to the enemy. And you can blame the devil all you want to about all the impact that he's having in your life. But if you're not listening and obeying what he's telling you, then you are a, a big um, target for him. And so, but God wants transformation for us. He wants transformation in this year. Amen? Restoration. Uh, restoration, I'm sorry. He wants restoration for us. And so we can have that by returning to him, coming back to him, saying, God, what is it? So maybe we need to repent of something. Maybe we need to come back and say, God, other things have been in the way. I've been too occupied with something else in my life. I want to come back to you. I want you to be Lord of all. I want you to be first in my life. Amen? Amen. 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 And, and this is such a this is such a vision for God. Psalm one twenty six um, gives a, a representation of, of God's passion and God's heart for us. He doesn't want to see us downtrodden. He's a good shepherd. He wants to see us healthy, strong, rejoicing. You know, God's actually a, a, a party animal. He likes to have parties. We're going to have a celebration in heaven, aren't you glad? You know what I like about, about the marriage supper of the Lamb, I believe, is we're not going to get full. You know what I don't like about eating is getting full. That, you know, Larry fixed us such, that those hamburgers, they were the double wackle wamamamangas. <laughs> hamburgers. And I can only eat one. I want to eat more. Oh. But so, so God is all about us getting, getting filled. Well, not getting filled up, but continual filling. You know, the filling part is fun, but when you get to the top, it's that's when it ends. We just keep getting full of Him, right? But He wants a celebration, and this is what He sees in restoration. Let me let me just read this out of Psalm one twenty six, because this is what He's planning for. The Old Testament was all preparation for Jesus. Amen. All pointing to Jesus, but it was a it was an experience in God's heart that was represented here. This is so wonderful. It says, A song of the stairway. It was like a dream come true when you freed us from our bondage and brought us back to Zion. Restoration. Yeah. Amen. Oh, praise the Lord. All right. Give me the next one. No? Oh, you got it? Okay. All right. My wife is my help me. Okay. All right. We laughed and laughed and overflowed with gladness. We were left shouting for joy and singing your praise. All the nations saw it and joined in saying, the Lord has done great miracles for them. Yes, he did mighty miracles and we are overjoyed. Now, Lord, do it again. Do it again. He's not the kind that just says, you've done it, be happy with it, quit belly aching. He says, no, we're going to do it some more. Amen? Yes. Restore us to our former glory. May streams of your refreshing flow over us until our dry hearts are drenched again. Those who sow their tears as seeds 
will reap a harvest with joyful shouts of glee. They may weep as they are going out, carrying their seed to sow, but they will return with joyful laughter and shouting with gladness as they bring back armloads of blessing and a harvest of overflowing. God is touched by the feelings of our infirmities. It's not like he's ignoring it and saying, just quit belly aching, like I said already. But, but he's saying, no, there's restoration for you if you'll return to me, like Pastor Kim was saying. Yeah. There's a place for you to go to. And what I want for you is for there to be gladness, for there to be joy, for there to be deliverance. Okay. Amen? But it's going to be in my presence. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. And so what happened in Christ was the fulfillment of all of this for us. Yeah. Okay, yes. so we we're here, here's here's the challenge right now is is when we're talking about tra- uh, uh, restoration, we're seeing it as something that if God would just if we could just persuade Him enough, if we could just let Him know how bad we feel, if we could just make it you know, if we could convince Him what we're actually going through is worthy of His involvement, maybe He would do something. But that's not what it is. It's already been done. done. Amen? Amen. It's already been done in the redemption that Jesus bought for us. And now all that needs to be done is our acceptance of it. Amen? And that that can be a challenge because we have this mindset of demolition. We got to do away with something. And God says, no, I want to restore. In fact, I've already, what I love about it is a proactive restorer. Somebody that's not waiting for you to ask them. They've already done something about it. And that's what God has done in Christ. He's a proactive restorer. He said, I'm already here with the bulldozers or whatever it's going to take to get it in place. I got the crew ready to go. I just need your okay. okay. I, need to, I need to be able to run in and make a difference. Amen? So let, let's look at, at Colossians 1.20. It says, and by the blood of his cross, everything in heaven and earth is brought back to himself, back to its original intent, restored to innocence again. Mm-hmm. Don't you like that? That means we're back to where we were at the beginning. Everything the enemy thinks he... You know, he, he wants to kill, steal, and destroy. Everything that he's come in our life to, 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 to deprive us of, to disable our ability to serve uh, with, Jesus came, he said, everything, I've, I've restored it all back to the way it was. And now what we have to do is, is receive of that. Now there will be, there will be a supernatural. And that's what we're here for today. And that's why we need to, 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 re- receive of this even right now as we're speaking these things pastor kim's going to help me with there it's everything in our life that we need we need joy we need peace we need deliverance we need we're in need of these things but our focus can't be on the need it's got to be on the giver amen with an understanding that he's already provided that thing Yes. Amen? Yes. Restoration's already ours. Already ours. Oh, so many times I know I've grown up in the church, and so many times it's easy to think, well, someday God's going to do something for me. Mm-hmm. Instead of he's already done it for me, I believe I have it now. Yeah. 
That's what faith is. Yes. Believing that it's already yours. When, when you get saved, what do you do? You think, I just hope God saves me someday. Mm. No, we say he saved me. Right? When? Now. Now. Yes. Right, right when I received it, right? Yes. But the enemy wants to come back later and say, no, that wasn't real. You didn't really mean it. You know, that you obviously you didn't mean it because did you hear what you just said? And no, would you say, no, I believe I was saved when I received Jesus. All right. Amen? Amen. And I believe if you, he wants to take it a step further and say, I was restored. Amen? Yeah. And he'll give you a vision of that, that you can have the peace of that reality right now before anything else changes. Amen. <laughs> okay. You know, something that comes with salvation is called the joy of our salvation. And I, I know a lot of Christians that I question whether or not they're really experiencing true salvation because there's just no joy. And joy is evidence that you're living in the fullness of what God's provided for you in Christ. Amen? Amen. And that's one of the things I feel like the enemy has tried to come to steal from us in these last few years. But we're, we are having a full restoration of our joy this year. Amen? Can you declare that over yourself? I Amen. am having a full restoration of joy in my life this year. Proverbs 12:25 says anxious fear brings depression. Anxious fear. You wonder why so many people are depressed because there's lots of fear going on in the world trying to bring that depression, but a life-giving word of encouragement can do wonders to restore joy to the heart. I like this because it is proactive. It is us giving a word of encouragement to help somebody experience the joy of the Lord. Do you know that you have the power in your mouth to declare somebody's joy joy over somebody that today? You have the ability to bring joy to somebody today. I love it because, you know, our ladies group, we get together, we laugh. That's one of the best things about we eat and we worship and we talk about the word. But one of the best things about our time together is we laugh. We have a good time, and that's what God wants. That's what the body of Christ is all about, is to experience the joy of our salvation. We're not to be just, you know, I know some people that are living, they go to church, and it's, and it's a religious type of church, and their, their faces are kind of downcast. And if you crack a laugh or a smile, you feel like you've, you've sinned against God. We should have fun in church, y'all. This should be a place full of joy. This, there should be an expectancy when you walk in this place because this is where God is. Amen. Do you Praise think God. we're going to be sitting around the table just <laughs> ho-humming and not saying anything to each other and pouting and talking about our woes <laughs> at the marriage supper? No, there's going to be lots of joy. I think there's going to be lots of laughter. Yes. And so let's experience that now. What is what is, how do we get strength? It's from the joy of the Lord, amen? A merry heart does good like medicine. How many need some medicine right yeah. now in every way possible? So you know what I, I, did, I used to do with our kids when we first moved here. They were all kind of downcast when we first moved here because they moved away from their friends. So before school, would, would, we would start, we would pray, and then I'd say, okay, let's take our dose of medicine, and I would make them laugh for about 30 seconds. And they'd look at me like, you know, uh, and of course in the morning, it's not a fun thing to make somebody laugh. But how do you get your clothes on? Do you just float into them every morning? Do you just kind of 
they just kind of just come upon you. No, you put on your clothes, amen? Well, the word of God says to put on the joy of the Lord. You've got to put on that strength. And so we would just start laughing and say, ha, 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 I'm an overcomer. Ha, 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 the devil is defeated. Ha, ha, ha. Some of y'all need to do it right now. Can you say ha, 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 ha? See, it feels good to laugh a little bit. Put on some joy. Amen. Another thing that we're believing God for restoration is, is in law and in order. And the church and the body of Christ is a big part of that in this hour. We are to take our place in prayer. In Proverbs 28, 2, it says, A rebellious nation is thrown into chaos, but leaders anointed with wisdom will restore law and order. We are believing God for leaders with wisdom. Amen. So that law and order will be restored. And that's a given. I don't need to go on about that. Health, Isaiah 38, 16. Lord, it is because of your kindness that life is given. It is in you that my spirit lives. Now restore my health and give me life again. This is just one scripture of many scriptures in the Bible about health, that we can have our health restored to us. How many believe that? Amen. You believe that your health can be restored? I don't care what the name is, if it's cancer, if it's kidney failure, if it's COVID, whatever it is. It doesn't have you don't have to live with damage. No, you can have restoration in your life in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Because of the blood of Jesus. I believe that. And you just keep confessing that over your body. My body is being completely restored every day because of the blood of Jesus is flowing through my veins and it's working its work in me in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It brings strength, Isaiah 58, 11. Yahweh will always guide you where to go and what to do. He will fill you with refreshment even when you are in a dry and difficult place. How many have been in a dry and difficult place? We all have. But he will guide you. He will fill you. He will continually, continually, say continually, continually. restore strength to me. So you will flourish like a well-watered garden and like an ever-flowing, trustworthy spring of blessing. That's yes. a beautiful scripture. That's one you might want to put on your mirror in the morning. Get up and say this. That he's continually restoring strength to me and I will flourish like a well-watered garden and like an ever-flowing, trustworthy spring of blessing. What does that look like? Well, it sounds like abundance to me. Sounds like there's some provision there to me. Sounds like there's some health there to me. Sounds like I've got some peace and I've got some joy and I got so much that it's overflowing that I got to give it to somebody else. Yes. That's the will of God for our life. There's purpose in that. Amen. There's not purpose in lack. There's Amen. not purpose in living underneath of things. There's not purpose in living in that place where the devil's trying to steal, kill, and destroy. And somebody comes up and says, well, what's God doing in your life? Well, my testimony is this. Your voice goes down. You know, you're kind of like Eeyore. You know, well, I'm believing God. Are you? I don't know, because your believer doesn't sound like it's believing to me today. Amen? You know, we, we went uh, to Colorado a couple weeks ago for, for Christmas and to be with his parents. And because there's so many of us now, we've got a whole family full of them that fill the house. We had to stay at, at another place. And the man there was in need of restoration in his body because of COVID and some other things. He had had a dental work done and gotten staff in his back and all kinds of stuff. And it just, it, he knew we were pastors. And, and I, I told him, I said, we have to pray for this man before we leave. And I just felt so led to just, just impart strength into him and to command the blessing over his life. This man is running a business and he needs his strength. 
And so it was like God just, you know, just hit our hearts with, he needed a creative miracle. I got it in my spirit. He needed a creative miracle in his heart. And so I, we just declared that over him. And I'm fully expecting that man, we, we got a connection. I'm fully expecting him to email us and tell us his testimony. What a testimony it would be for that man to say, yeah, I had these pastors come through. They stayed at my place. They prayed for me. And God complete, they prayed and God completely healed and restored my heart. My, my heart that had been affected by something that I had no control over. What, what kind of testimony would that be for that man? And then all the people that come into his place, he tells those people. And then the next people who come in, he tells those people. That's the spreading of the gospel. That's the good news. That's our job. Amen? That's our job is to be effective for the kingdom. And if we're down and under things and we're always despairing and always having some kind of negative report, what kind of testimony is that to the world? Right. And let me just hit this. It is not the will of God for us to walk in sickness. He is not trying to teach you something. He is, that is not the God that I serve. The word of God says that he's a good father and he loves to give good gifts to his children. My father, God, when he was living on this earth, would never have done anything to me to hurt me. Would you as a father hurt your children? No. God loves us. He already sent Jesus to pay the price. It's already covered. It's already been done under the blood. And so because of the blood of Jesus, we can walk fully and completely whole and healthy and have a good report for the rest of the world to, to, to hear. Innocence. Colossians. Oh, you already did that one. Yeah. And then Zechariah 9.12, return to your fortress, O prisoners of hope. You guys know we're prisoners of hope? Why are we prisoners of hope? Because we have Jesus. Amen? Even now I announce that I will restore twice as much to you. Okay, I want you guys just to get a little bit excited about this. Can you get a little bit excited? Can you think about something that the enemy has stolen from you in these last few years? Can you think about twice the amount of that coming back to you? Can you think about maybe even 10 times the amount of that coming back to you? Because God is a restorer, greater, far above, beyond all that you could even ask or think, what you could even imagine. Can I give you a quick testimony of this? When I was traveling with a minister named Kenneth Hagen Ministries, I was on the road traveling, and my husband and I, we weren't married yet, and I had somebody walk up to me at a convention center and hand me a diamond ring. We were just dating. I thought, why do I need a diamond ring? <coughs> this person gave me this ring, went home. We started getting more and more serious. Eventually, we got married. We used that ring to get married. We had no money. Praise the Lord. God provided a ring for me. So about a week before my daughter's, our daughter's wedding, it's been eight years ago now, lots of stuff happened that week, lots of stuff, a lot of chaos. I looked down, and my diamond was gone. I started crying. I'm giving you the short version. I do, I do short versions. Um, I looked down and my diamond was gone and I started crying because I thought it wasn't so much that my diamond was gone, but God gave me that diamond. And I was really upset that God had given me that diamond and it had been lost. And so I told the Lord, I said, God, I, I'm going to give this to you. I'm, I'm upset, but, you know, and we didn't have money to, to go run out and get an, another diamond, you know. So, so we prayed and asked God and God told me, he said, I gave you the first one. I'll give you another one. So I just had to trust him. And I said, okay, Lord. So God moved on my, my mom's heart. She had something that she had had kind of in the safe. And the Lord said, I want you to give that to your daughter. So two, three years later, she gave me the diamond that I have in my, my, my hand now. 
And, it, and I believe just because he used my mom doesn't mean that it wasn't from the Lord because this was a big thing to let go of because this was some security. And God, God moved on her heart to give it to me. And God restored it probably 10 times the amount of what I had before. I want, I, and I know this is a material thing, but I want you to understand because sometimes we can wrap our minds around material things sometimes easier. But there are things, there are material things that we've been lacking in, the, in these last years. There are some relational things that maybe have been uh, interrupted. The devil's gotten in and said, you know, I'm, I'm putting my foot here. No, I want you to put your faith out for what God is going to restore in your life. I was talking to somebody this week. We were, I'm not going to say anything about the particulars, but we were talking about something that was a desire of her heart. And she was saying, I would love for this to happen. We didn't talk about it to anybody else. She wrote me yesterday, I think it was, and said, guess what? This is, I think, about to happen. I just got a text from somebody, and we hadn't even talked about it to anybody. It was just a desire of the heart that was there, and it was already starting to kind of show, shed some light. Some things are getting ready to change. I want you to be encouraged. Put your faith in your words and start declaring some things about what God is going to restore in your life. Has he stolen money from you? Has he stolen relationships from you? Has he stolen health? Then you need to put your words out there and say, God is going to restore everything that the devil tried to steal. He can't steal my joy. He can't keep my goods. So God is going to restore everything the enemy has tried to steal from me. In Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Are you excited about Amen. it? Amen. You got to, come on, guys. You got to get the, you got to get some, you got to get your eye of faith, the eye of the tiger. You got to start seeing it through the eyes of your spirit. What are you seeing different about your life? What do you need restored in your life? What, what relationships need to be restored? Do you see them being restored? Do you see an abundance? Do you see a supply coming in? I see this church full. I see signs, wonders, and miracles in this church. I see people lined up in the back trying to get in because they know there's miracles happening in this place. Amen. I see marriages restored in this place. I see bodies restored in this place. Hallelujah. I see you yes. going to the top in your company. Yes. I don't care what's going on in the world. I don't care what's going on in society. I see an abundant supply coming into this place in Jesus' name. Do you